Anomalous Playboy, a football podcast. With your hosts, Ashley and Michael, please sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast presented by the Undroppables and sponsored by Analyst Depot. I'm your host, Ashley. This is our other host, Michael Duncan. How are you, Michael? Oh, I'm just dandy. So you never answered my question from earlier, I realized. One question. Original Buffalo, what does that mean to you? Because I had wings for dinner, and they were much hotter than I intended, and it was painful. I, I don't know. I don't eat wings, so I, that was my answer. Well, I needed a real answer because I was struggling through my dinner at that point in time. I expected it to be like a medium mild situation. Right. Like I would kind of just expect like middle. Like if that's what you told me, like pretty middle. That yeah, that's not what it was, unfortunately. That or they gave me the wrong sauce. Either way, I was very sad. They might have. I, I was in from? pain. I honestly I don't remember. Whatever Uber oh. Eats suggested. Oh, there you go. All right. Good to know. I didn't eat yep. dinner. I never I always forget to eat dinner right before our show. That doesn't make any sense. Why? Our show's at eight o'clock Eastern Standard yeah, Time. Yeah. Dinner time starts at like around five o'clock. Like you can I eat anywhere between like I want to get ready for the show and for three hours. <laughs> five o'clock's way too early. For two hours? Sure. This is bull crap. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back. Just another week hanging out with us. Um, yeah, it was another fun week. I feel like this this year of football has been so chaotic so weird it's just another weird week of football like i I don't even know how to describe it do you feel that way like or is it just that i'm like analyzing things more for the first time no i watched in the same week gardner Minshew have like three incompletions for the philadelphia eagles and win but then also mac jones go two for three and win so yeah i'd say it was a weird week of football again weird very weird I guess we could jump right into it. We're going to talk about those two things you mentioned in a little bit right after our first segment that we always do, the injury report. It is pretty long today. Um, so I'll start out with the two Giants quarterbacks. Uh, Mike Lennon is now in concussion protocol. I'm seeing reports that he could return for this week. It's still a little bit unknown. Um, but Daniel Jones, who was out this week with a neck injury that he sustained, uh, I was just seeing that he got during the game with the Eagles. Um, he hurt his neck on the second play of the game against the Eagles, finished that game, was out this week. And it was reported that he's seeing specialists this week to kind of understand how serious this injury is. So, so that's something to keep an eye on. Also something to keep an eye on if Mike Lennon doesn't come back is that Jake Fromm is going to be QB1 for the New York Giants this week. Jake, Jake from Fromm. State Farm. Jake from State Farm with a bad O-line. He's literally going to die. Um, and your team, Jalen Hurts, he had that heel ankle issue. Was it ever clarified which one it really was? Ankle. Ankle, right? Okay. So he ended up not playing this week. I know you and I spoke that he, he had said to the media last week that he was expecting him to play. The team expected him to play. Ended up coming down to it that they were just going to let Gardner Minshew be the starting quarterback for that week, especially with the Eagles on by this week so that they could leave Jalen Hurts to, um, to heal for two weeks instead of one. And he is expected to start uh, this week. Yep. So. Yep. And Sirianni said that they still expect him to start, you know, be the starter. But Taysom Hill has mallet finger. Um, 
it's the same injury that Russell Wilson had. It's not as severe, though. That's something to note. They they said it's not nearly as bad as Russell Wilson's case. So Taysom Hill is expected to play through it. Yeah. Joe Burrow, another finger thing. He dislocated his pinky. It honestly looked really gross. Like, it was pretty swollen, and he had to, like, have it taped together, and he was in a lot of pain. Like, he was on the sidelines throwing the ball and then screaming. So strange but he's still expected to play zach taylor said quote there's a chance we limit him early in the week to make sure he doesn't put any pressure on it and be as effective as it can be but he's still expected to start and it is not expected to be too too serious tyrod taylor has a wrist injury it's something about the ligaments in his wrist he's considered week to week davis mills came in for the texans uh behind who is the secondary quarterback can behind tyrod taylor they're still making their decision on who is going to start this week. They're not quite sure. They said it's going to, the final decision is going to have nothing to do with Tyrod Taylor's wrist injury, just on who they think is best to get them a win. Jordan Love was placed on the COVID list, along with a bunch of other people we'll talk about later. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, haven't said that name in a, like 13 weeks, decided to have surgery on his hip after all. He had that hip subluxation in week one, right? It was week one? Yep. Yeah, so he's missed all season of football, and he is officially going to miss the rest of this season of football, which is crazy. I don't know that we'll see Ryan Fitzpatrick again. Yeah, that might have been that. This might also be the end of his career. Yeah, very sad. Very sad. Our favorite, our favorite roaming nomad. Uh, running backs, Miles Sanders reaggravated his ankle injury. He is on bye this week, so. I don't have an update if he's like going to play or not. He's so expected to play. Okay, perfect. He's expected to play after the bye. Perfect. The most serious injury for this group of running backs is that Kenyon Drake broke his foot in the second quarter of the game this week. He is done for the rest of the season. Kenyon Drake has been pretty outspoken about this injury, about how it was he got this injury on a tackle, this kind of like slide tackle where they – rope your feet in under them almost to kind of it looks like it's almost to cause harm um so he's been pretty outspoken about that about maybe there needs to be a rule change about that for next year all, all the san francisco running backs i'm looking at them all on there there's yeah of them. jeff wilson trenton cannon elijah mitchell yep jeff wilson left the game early with an undisclosed injury Elijah Mitchell was evaluated for a head injury. I believe it was probably a concussion. It said head injury. but So he left the game, was brought back in. Yep. After the game on Monday, started experiencing concussion symptoms. Uh, symptoms. Uh-huh. So now he's officially in the concussion protocol, yep. as well as today is officially listed with a knee injury as well. That knee injury has been like a little bit lingering, right? Like he, I'm pretty sure he had a lower extremity like strain or something a few weeks ago. He's had a lot of things. Unfortunately, that is true. And the most serious of those three, though, is Trenton Cannon, who left the game in an ambulance after getting hit a really, really bad hit to the head on opening kickoff. It was honestly really scary. The ambulance came out onto the field, which is not something you see a lot. Um, They were worried that he like really wasn't moving that much. He ended up spending the night in the hospital. They said he will be okay, you know, eventually, but he's going to probably take a lot of rest to get over that. It's probably a, a severe concussion. Yeah. Damien Harris was ruled out with a hamstring injury. He's another one that he left the game, came back into the game, had like a medium-sized run, and then was ruled out for the rest of the game. So I think they were kind of just testing how bad that hamstring was, and it caused him some harm. Um, 
Mark Ingram tested positive for COVID. He's likely out for Sunday's game against the Jets. Four wide receivers, Adam Thielen, it was reported by Tom Palacero that it was a high ankle sprain that he got in the game. He's expected to miss some time. He's officially ruled out for this week's Thursday Night Football. With the severity of his high ankle sprain, it's usually a two to three week return time. That's kind of just the very soft guidelines. So he could just miss this week and be back next week, but he could be out three weeks. We're not quite sure. Kenny Galladay had a rib injury, but he did return to the game. T. Higgins had what was listed as a mild ankle sprain. Corey Davis is going to have season-ending core muscle surgery, which sounds like it's not a lot of fun. Sounds painful. I don't even know if I have core muscles, so. Yeah, I probably don't. I don't work out. But Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were placed on COVID reserve. Keenan Allen was placed on COVID reserve on Monday, and Mike Williams was placed on COVID reserve about four hours ago. Three hours ago, something like that. Four tight ends. Ryan Griffin from the Jets left the game early. David Njoku was placed on the COVID list. Darren Waller is considered day-to-day after that knee injury that he had on Thanksgiving. He did not play this week. He was ruled out. And the biggest of them all for tight ends is Logan Thomas. During the game, he had something damaged in his knee. It was thought to be and then reported to be a torn ACL and MCL. And then... The reports kind of got backtracked with his M- after his MRI. Further testing revealed that it wasn't torn. He's still seeing doctors to kind of better understand the severity of the injury, but he was placed on IR, which means he is probably going to miss the rest of the season. I don't see the Washington football team making a super deep playoff run, so Logan Thomas will probably miss the rest of the season. And for defense, special teams, and O-line, Joey Bosa, the defensive end from the Chargers, had a head injury. He was cleared to return to the game, but he did not play as a precaution. As a precaution. Marlon Humphrey tore his pack. He will miss the rest of the season. Montez Sweat, who has been out uh, from Washington, who has been out with a fractured jaw, was set to return this week, but he now has COVID, so he will not be back this week. And Jamal Adams... You know him, you love him. Torn labrum in his shoulder. He has other shoulder damage along with that. And he is going to be out for the rest of the season as well. And apparently today, Pete Carroll was in a press conference defending that trade and saying it was a very good trade for the Seahawks. Which, of course, he has to do, but everyone Mm -hmm. knows that it was not. No. It's like he's he's not been playing horrible, but for the price you paid for him, Kind of needs to be doing a lot more than he's doing. Yeah, I mean, that's Um, likely a top five-ish pick, so. Yeah, exactly. So, good injury news. We didn't have much last week. We have some this week. Jawan James, the offensive tackle from Baltimore, is returning to practice after tearing his Achilles in the offseason when he was with the Broncos. I know it's not a huge return, but I bring it up because coming back from a torn Achilles is not something that's done often and often if it is done is not done highly like effectively. So I think this is something to keep an eye on, especially for people who are expected to return like Cam Akers um, to keep an eye on, on this returning torn Achilles guy. Richard Sherman is designated to return from IR. He's been out since week 10 with a calf injury. He's obviously on the bucks. J.R. Alexander, the cornerback from the Packers, returned to practice today after his shoulder injury in the first week of October. I believe it was October 3rd. Julio Jones is designated to return from IR, finally. I feel like we haven't said his name in 
many weeks. And Justin Fields was medically cleared to return to practice, and it is reported that he will start this week. He did have that rib injury, but he is expected to come back. So some actual good news this week, thankfully. I know. We we had a pretty sad show last week. But uh, yeah, and that moves us on to some other things that happened in week 13. Just general notes, news, worthy things, events, whatever. We're going to start with the uh, the Minshew mania of it all. Um, Gardner Minshew got the start this week for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles um, because Jalen Hurts obviously was missing with that angle. And the dude actually looked really, really good. Um, now, if you were talking to me before the game, that does not surprise me uh, because it was the Jets. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. as much as I love getting, you know, really excited about Gardner Minshew, just like everyone does, he's such an easy guy to root for. He's fun to root for. Um, but he played against the Jets. And that's just something yeah. that I think we have to remember. Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio, of course, has been ridiculous and insane. And we're already talking about, you know, signing him to a huge contract, of course, mm-hmm. calling in, talking about the future face of the franchise. Um, but like the reality of the situation is he went 20 for 25 threw for 242 yards and had two touchdowns numbers. He looked good on the field, uh, but the Jets can't cover anyone for crap. It's not surprising that he did that um, because he has decent weapons. Dallas Goddard was a huge weapon, apparently. Devonta Smith did not have a big game, but the running game had another great week, including Miles Sanders looking great um, before the injury. So it was fun. Uh, I am not particularly of the mind that Jalen Hurts is in danger of losing his starting spot anytime soon. Um, But curious to know if you feel any differently. No, I agree. I think, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be with the Eagles starting for a while. I think there obviously is kinks to work out. Um, So I don't think so. I think there might be a conversation to be had that I could see maybe they move on like next year, but I think Jalen Hurts is going to get the year to finish out. We often forget that he's only like what sixteen games in starting, right? I think it's yeah, something, something like along that. Those lines. So like he's still a rookie, you know what I mean? Like he's basically just finishing his rookie season. You know, he hasn't started as many games. It's he, he just started a, a full season now after this week. So I think there's stuff that has to be worked out, but I mean, look at the other quarterbacks who are starting for the first time this year. It, it happens with everyone. I think he's only going to improve. Um, my favorite part of the Minshew Mania was watching the video uh, with his dad after the game. And then I saw a tweet and I wish I knew who said it, but it, it was a tweet that said celebrating with Gardner Minshew is a contact sport. And that I was like, a hundred percent he literally almost beat his dad up but it was for it was like a little heartwarming video it was nice but yeah i don't I, it's gardner Minshew. i mean we've seen what gardner Minshew has to offer it's not absolutely horrible but it's not this is not an every week performance from gardner Minshew. yeah he's a good quarterback i think he's a really mm-hmm. solid backup quarterback who will yep. probably start in stretches throughout the rest of his career, uh, whether due to injury or whatever, uh, and probably win some games. But I don't, I think by this point, we already kind of understand what his limitations are. And we know that he's not a starting quarterback. He's not a long-term starting quarterback. And I think the jury is still out on Jalen Hurts. And it's because of that, that I think the Eagles are going to look at it like that and still try and figure out what they have in Jalen Hurts. But again, it's fun. All the Eagles friends and all, you know, all the Eagles fans that I know are, you know, they were out there shaving their beards, 
just so they can have a mustache like uh, Gardner Minshew. Why uh, did you do that? Because I have to be on camera on Wednesdays <laughs> with you. Um, and I don't want anyone to see me with a mustache. So, okay. Um, yeah, for every some bet down the road that you're going to have to do it. No. Um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe the day after Christmas when the Eagles and the Giants play again. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, no. Um, I don't think Gardner Minshew will be the starter for very long, but it was fun while it lasted and it was enjoyable and it was nice to win in a, that kind of fashion in a game where yeah. it seemed like there was no defense being played whatsoever. Yeah. Well, that is, that is the Jets defense summed up in a nutshell. Their secondary exactly. is absolutely horrible. Like I hate it. Cause I know those guys are trying, but that it's not working. Like it really isn't. It was like at some point during like week 10, like through 10 weeks, the Jets secondary didn't have an interception. I don't know if they do now. I haven't, I keep forgetting to look that up, but they just, they, they don't work. So it, it wouldn't shock me. What it is, but my favorite thing about Garner Minshew, one last thing, is that video that he posted in the off season. Do you know what I'm talking about with the, the eagle? One, yeah. yeah, yeah. With the, he has like the screeching eagle and like a like a lay like a thing that lays on top of the video of an American flag and some song about like being an American. And he put, I'm pretty sure he posted on Avoid the July. It's my favorite. Uh, I, I could watch that video all the time. I'm going to post he, it to our Twitter so everyone knows what we're talking about. He is something else. Um, but yes. keeping the conversation on shocking quarterback performances of the week, we have Mac yeah. Jones, who honestly, by this point, I'm sure everyone knows exactly what we're talking about. He played yeah. on Monday night. The New England Patriots defeated the Buffalo Bills to take control of the AFC East. And Gardner Minshew got that uh, win uh, by completing two passes for 19 yards. Now you're probably thinking, wow, two passes, that's a really bad completion percentage. But no, he only attempted three. Ha ha, gotcha. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it was weird, but also so weird. If you were watching the game, you're not surprised. Buffalo couldn't stop the run. New England is good at running the ball. Like that's what they want to do anyway. Mm -hmm. And with that weather, I mean, you were best not to. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, in that weather, if you can out physical the other team, then you're probably going to win, and that's what the Patriots did. Yeah. I sit here week to week, you know, I live in Massachusetts, so I, the Patriots games are always on with uh, the people I watch football with. So I sit here week to week and I'm always like, there's some circumstances where I sit there and I think, you know, Bill, I know Bill loves Mac and Bill trusts Mac, but there are certain situations where you can tell he's just not there with Mac yet, right? Like maybe going for it on a fourth down or something like that, or, or completing a pass like this, whatever. So during this game, I was like, this is the first time where I feel like it's not like a they don't trust him thing. It was just the right game plan. Like if you see the videos from that game, it was like, obviously if you know anything about that game or you follow the NFL at all, all anyone could talk about was the weather. Did you hear about the weather, Duncan? The yes. weather in Buffalo. It was horrible. It was like, no, they, everyone on Twitter was like, guys, the weather, the weather. And everyone on, it was like, did you guys hear about the weather? So everyone heard about the weather clearly, but how the many times do you think nuts. you just said the word weather? Um, probably like seven. Okay. Okay. So I'll say it one more time. The weather was nuts. It was super windy, super snowy. There were like talks of like, should this game get canceled? Because it was like real. It was like a snownado, basically. Oh. Um, the snow ended up stopping, but the field was still very icy, very slick. 
but the wind was what the big thing was. So it looked like the kickers, like there was like a force field around the goalposts. Like it looked like something like CGI. So I think it was just the right game plan. You don't want a rookie quarterback throwing a ball where, and I know he's very good at throwing the ball, but in intense weather conditions where the ball is slick, the wind, if you throw anything a little bit, like a loose spiral, if it's a little bit loose, then that ball was going to go every which way. So I just think it was the right game plan for the Patriots, and it really worked out for them because the Bills genuinely could not stop that run. And one of the reporters, did you hear that the thing from the reporter that asked um, a couple of guys on the Bills defense that was like, aren't you guys like a a little Uh, embarrassed that like you knew what was coming like at one point they ran like 32 run plays in a row and they were like aren't you a little embarrassed that you knew what was coming and you still couldn't stop it and they the guys were pissed i mean rightfully it's uh, i don't think it's rightfully so i think it's a very valid question it is a valid question but everyone and their mother knew like it's like hey are you guys embarrassed that you were bad at your job yeah like, yeah, they should be pissed, not pissed yeah. at the reporter. Like, I, I, in my opinion, that's the wrong attitude. Like, I get it. He was like, I I'll remember it. this. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, I get being a little annoyed. But like, I'll remember yeah. this. It's like, dude, like, were you watching the game? Yeah. They literally, like, they told you what they were going to do. Oh, yeah. And then they did it continuously yep. for 60 minutes. Yep. I don't know. Very, very I yeah. don't know, bad attitude. I mean, I yeah. get it. You lost it to division game, a lot of emotion and all that crap, but like uh, be, be better, um, yeah. be better than get angry. I guess um, mm-hmm. the bills have not been particularly good lately, no. unfortunately. No. Um, and this but, was a big, if they won this, it, it kind of left the AFC open a little bit. It left their division open a little bit. So very strange. A couple of funny comments about it. Matt Judon at one point uh, said something along the lines of like, we all like gave our all in that game, like except for Mac. He really didn't do much except pass it off. Yeah, that was a good one. And Kendrick, yeah, it's true. It was I'm like, pretty sure I could have played quarterback in that game and gotten. You win. might have been. That might have been the one game. Might yeah. have been it. I mean, and as then, long as um, I don't get hit, I'd be fine. Exactly. And I with that, his old line it held up pretty good. So yeah. And then uh, Kendrick Bourne was like, I don't care about your fantasy roster. Like someone asked him about his fantasy stats that he really, I think he got zero this week or like 0.2 I, I or something like that. Most people got and zero he, this week. Yeah. And he was like, I don't care about your fantasy roster. I care about winning games. And we did that. So a couple of notes, the Patriots, the Patriots are pretty cool this year. I, li- I like a lot of guys on that team and they all made fun of Mac, but like in a fun, fun way. And uh, I saw a tweet that was like, this is what happens like when you're in a group project and you don't do any of the work. Mm, you just yep. show up to like the final presentation, and that was Mac Jones this week. Absolutely. And he got mm-hmm. the win. That's mm-hmm. why wins are a quarterback stat, clearly. Um, yes. But anyway, uh, another team that got a win this week uh, that, you know, if the season started last week, this team is a lot better than the Bills. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is the Detroit Lions finally got their first win. They are now 110 and 1. Uh, with the uh, last second um, touchdown heroics by Jared Goff. Uh, yeah, it was to a fun Amon game. St. Brown. To Amon Ralph St. Brown. And uh, they got their win against the Vikings, I think. I don't know why yes, I'm blanking on that. But yeah, yeah. Um, the Vikings just keep finding ways to lose. They games. really do. If it's they were going to lose to anyone, it was going to be the If they were going to win against anyone, it was going to be the Vikings. If the Vikings were going to lose against anyone, it was going to be the Lions. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate to be a Vikings fan, but it's got to feel great really to be is. a Lions fan right now. Right. Um, Dan Campbell was very emotional after the win, of course, as expected. And what makes it even worse is like 
the Lions had that game won, yeah. and then they gave it away, mm-hmm. and they got the really back. lucky and were able to get it back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. They were kind of playing like prevent defense, but not very well. I, it was, defense isn't very good, so. Yeah, so it was very strange. It's kind of like, eh, I don't know, but. And they did it without one of their best players in DeAndre Swift, too. Yeah, is. they did, which is, I think that's the most surprising fact for me. I knew the Lions were going to win one eventually this year. I didn't think they were going to go winless, but I think the big surprise for me is that DeAndre Swift wasn't there, and they found a way to win that game. Poor DeAndre Swift. He would have loved to win. Yeah, I'm sure. That sucks. <laughs> right? I would hate to get paid millions of dollars to lose. I know. It's the worst feeling. Right? Uh, speaking of getting paid millions of dollars to lose, Joe Brady was fired. As so, he is no longer the Patriots' offensive coordinator. This one, Panthers, Panthers. I say Patriots. Yeah. Whoops. Nope. Panthers. Um. This one shocked me. I think this one came out. Was this? Yeah. They're on a buy. They were on a buy this week. So this came out Sunday morning. I was live with Kyle on Under the Wire, and like I literally had to like, like I got the notification from Adam Schefter, and I kind of looked at. I was like, Yo, what? Mm-hmm. And like I said it on air, like with Kyle, and we were both just like shocked because Joe Brady has been a name that, again, you know, ever since that beautiful year with uh, LSU, the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson year, mm-hmm. uh, where they won the national championship and had one of the best offenses in college history. Um, Joe Brady has basically been, you know, it, it's every offseason, it's been okay. He's biding his time to be the next Sean McVay, yeah. the next offensive dude. Um, and the Panthers have obviously struggled this season. But I still can't say that I saw this coming, nor do I no. necessarily think that he's the reason. No, I think it's their fall guy. I think it's kind of like a half-assed attempt to put the blame on someone. Like, you got rid of Cam Newton, you signed Sam Darnold, you brought Cam Newton back, like... It looks like this offense isn't working on a scheme-wise, but it's really like a personnel thing and a lot of weird decisions over the years that have like not been the best financial decisions, not been the best for the long-term outcome of the team. So I think this is kind of just their attempt to get a fall guy on it because you could say, look, the offense hasn't been great. We had we were we won three at the beginning of the season and now we're losing. So I just think it's their attempt to may save their own asses. Yeah, I mean, they lost Christian McCaffrey after yeah. that three-game win streak. That's probably at least partly, yeah. you know, that's probably an important factor in this. Um, the offense looked a lot better last year with Teddy Bridgewater, and Joe yeah. Brady was still the OC. That's what I forgot. I forgot the Teddy um, Yeah, so it, it's very odd. It's very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I did read reports that Joe Brady was very focused on a pass-heavy offense while Matt Rule wanted yeah. to... Uh, more heavily focused on the run game, which I guess if you have Cam Newton, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you're losing Christian McCaffrey, so yeah. you know, getting the ball in the hands of DJ That's Moore strange. is probably a good idea. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Jay, Joe Brady goes from here because again, he seemed like he was on that fast track to being the next, you know, young hotness head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is he'll probably go back to college. He'll probably take some really hot college job and then maybe work his way back up to the NFL in a couple of years. Um, I really have no clue, but very shocking. I, don't know. Very I still think he could be a contender for a head coaching job somewhere. I don't, I don't think he's completely out just because he got fired. I mean, you can tell that the Panthers organization is kind of in a lot of disarray for coaching in front office right now. So I think there's a possibility that he could still be considered for a head coaching gig. 
but it probably is a little bit more likely that he goes take it goes and takes a good college job but I don't know I mean that's all anyone could talk about for years was Joe Brady this Joe Brady that so I'm intrigued I think he's gonna win wherever he goes to be honest or do really well wherever he goes yeah I mean I guess we'll see or maybe mm-hmm. he's not what we thought he was maybe. and he was carried by Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and, crazy. and Jamar Chase and Clyde Edwards Hilaire into stardom. But we'll see. I was talking about that team with someone this week that I was like, this is one of those that LSU that that LSU team is one of the ones that you're gonna look back on and be like, like, how was this legal? You know what I mean? Like, how did we allow all of these kids on that team? That LSU team was it it could have very well been that they just, you know, made Joe Brady look good, but Four offensive first-round picks. That's insane. So we will see. But, uh, yeah, that uh, basically wraps up, uh, you know, the big storylines from Week 13, and we're now going to move forward into Week 14, the upcoming week of the NFL. We're going to talk about some games that are probably going to have some sort of impact um, going forward, especially on the playoff scenarios and different things and just some matchups that we think are particularly interesting going into this week. Um, do you want to start us out with the first one? Yeah, so we'll talk about the first one. It is an NFC East divisional game. It is against. It is with the Cowboys against Washington. The Cowboys are coming off of a win against the Saints, with a score of 27 to 17 and Washington is coming off of a win against the Raiders 17 to 15. The Cowboys are eight and four and Washington is six and six Cowboys are the favorites in this game. I'll go pull the line though. Cause I forgot to do that. Yeah. Um, this is particularly interesting just because the NFC East feels like with every passing week, the Cowboys have not really looked like the team that they have at the beginning of the season. The Eagles felt like they had a chance to catch up in the division and then blew it against the Giants. But yet they still find themselves the both the Eagles and Washington find themselves two wins behind the Cowboys. Um, If Washington wins this week against the Cowboys, they have a chance to be a single game behind the Cowboys in the race at the NFC East, Mm -hmm. which would open it up even more uh, to the Eagles as well. I mean, it will separate them all by um a maximum of two games yeah and that is really intriguing for uh um a division that looked like it was kind of wrapped up early in the season Mm -hmm. with the cowboys really just bursting out ahead yeah the cowboys are four point favorites uh washington is plus four the over under in this game is 48 which is i think a decent number for that game but yeah i mean this this washington team after going on by week nine has kind of, I said this, I believe last week that this Washington team has been a whole different story. This Washington team looks so much more put together. It looks like they kind of have some idea of Taylor Heineke's strengths and weaknesses, and they're using them. They're learning how to play as a team. They have a good scheme around them. And I, I the, the Washington football team could very well, beat the Cowboys who have not looked that great recently. Yeah. I mean, Zeke is hampered. He doesn't look like himself at all. Mm -mm. Wide receivers have been a bit of a mess the past few weeks. Dak hasn't really looked like himself and the defense with the exception of Michael Parsons has, you know, they've been average. They've been fine. Yeah. Um, with Michael Parsons playing at a possibly defensive player of the year level, um, which is crazy. Not even defensive rookie. Like he's playing at like a defensive player of the year level. 
he's been really good. Over 10 sacks already as a rookie that was drafted as a middle linebacker playing yeah. defensive end. Um, but you've got Washington. I think the biggest thing for Washington is really the defense has started to look like what they were supposed to be or what people expected from them, at least somewhat. Um, mm-hmm. And that's without Chase Young. That's without Montez Sweat. Uh, but, you know, they were a fantastic defense last season. They were expected to be a fantastic defense this season because they didn't really lose any pieces. Um, and they were horrible at the beginning of the season, but they finally turned it around and they're starting to look like a competently coached defense and a team like the team that does have the talent that it has. And I think that's really going to be the decision maker in this one is if Washington can, you know, get pressure on Dak, stop the run game, make Dak beat them. Mm-hmm. and make it so Taylor Heineke doesn't have to win them the game. Yeah, Taylor, that's another one. Taylor Heineke has been looking really good. Like, and it's something I didn't expect from Taylor Heineke. Like, I, I knew he was good. Like, he, I mean, he, like you said last week, I believe he went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. We know Taylor Heineke was good. But he has shown, like, incredible poise on the field that he is going through progressions and going through reads really well. He's spreading his balls around the field they're not just located in one area he <laughs> i'm sorry i'm a child he uh you know he's looked he's looked really good i lost my train of thought a little bit but he has looked really good um and There's and so many better ways to say that there really is but i, think, I didn't like, think you, about were, that. you were trying to say spreading the ball around the, the, field, ball around the field not multiple his ball. yeah you he wasn't yeah that's not safe for work. Like that's not something the NFL could air. You're gonna have to rate the podcast R now. No, I'd have to rate the NFL broadcast R if oh, he was spreading okay. his balls around the field. You could only find that on a, a couple of websites on mm. cable television. Mm. Oh, fantastic! So yeah. Um, yeah, I do have a couple interesting team metrics here from PFF. Um, the Washington football team for percent of run plays is at 40% even. The Cowboys are at 37.1% even. Um, pretty even with percent pass plays. The Cowboys are at 62.9 and Washington is at 60% even. The Washington football team is a little bit better. Um, the EPA per run and the Cowboys are a little bit better at EPA per pass, but yeah, this this I think this is setting up to be probably one of the better games of this week. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if it's going to be a good game, but it's going to be an important game. And I only say that because it's a NFC's game and yeah. They're almost but, never good. No one enjoys watching them. Everyone Especially enjoyed Everyone enjoyed the Giants Washington primetime. No, honestly, you Ever were a Giants it. fan, and I don't even think you enjoyed no, it. Everyone enjoyed it. It was like one of the highest watched the regular Eagles, season wait, the NFL Eagles, games. Giants? No, the Giants? Wait, Washington Giants. The oh, one oh, where oh, they oh, kicked like the field goal, jumped off sides way early in the season. It was one of the highest watched miserable. regular season. Everyone loved it. I don't know it's what you're talking about. Just like I wow, look at these guys not understand how football works. What are you talking about? They suck. You're wrong. You're Very wrong. Very undisciplined. You're so wrong. It's like, oh, here, oh, we won. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. How? Uh, yeah, I remember another, how it ended. I'm have just another saying try. That one of the most. Have another watched, try. You're driving me crazy. Okay. One but, of the uh, most saying, watched. Okay. Most NFC East games, no one enjoys watching. Are you telling me you enjoyed Washington? Wa- Washington versus Philly to end the season last year in primetime? 
I had to watch that one. So, oh, so but you enjoyed it. Heart though, right? attack. You enjoyed I'm not it? saying I enjoy every NFC East game. I'm saying most of them are garbage. And okay. Them. Okay. Okay. I, I all I'm saying for every single one that is the highest rated or whatever, there's like 12 mm -hmm. that are just literal garbage. Probably that looks yeah. like incompetent football that both teams forgot how to play or Daniel Jones tripping over the 10 yard line. Like, listen, but am I wrong? Am I wrong though? I'm not saying you're wrong. We are I'm just in the saying worst you're division underestimating some of you it. Need, no, no, you need to embrace the worst division in football. I, I know we are. I'm not saying we're you're not. not. You're not embracing it enough. Okay. We are the worst division in football and I love it. No, you're not supposed to love it. You're supposed <laughs> to hate watching the games, even if you win. I've never watched the Eagles, almost never watched the Eagles win a division game and enjoyed it. I've always watched it and been like, wow, we suck. No matter how good we are. In 2017, we won the Super Bowl. Those games still sucked. It took a 61-yarder to beat the Giants. In a kicker in his, like, second NFL game. Yeah. Like, it's garbage. Awful. Terrible games. Not fun to watch for anyone involved, including the players. I just think this is going to be a good game. I'm not saying it's going to be the most super fun to watch. I just think it's going to be a good game. How do you define a good game then if it's not fun to watch? That's a legitimate, that just, that's a legitimate question. I think it's just decent football. It's I like watching it from like a scheme wise, understanding the plays that they're running. Like I think it's just going to be smart football, which those NFC East and smart shouldn't be in the same sentence, but I don't know. I just think that the way both of these teams have playing, they're fairly evenly matched, that it's kind of going to be a little bit of battle of wits if it's a battle of wits then we're screwed yeah we totally are they have none <laughs> i know there is none so in it's the gonna be there's one combined wit one <laughs> team gets to use it every week and that's it who has it this week not either of these teams it's probably the eagles because we're on bye yeah we're the team that gets it but we're on a bye week which <laughs> means we're going to come out of our bye stupid that? Yeah, I was gonna say, why would you choose to use your one? I don't wit? get to choose. It just it ha it's randomly distributed every week. Okay, Always what do we just pick out of a hat? Yeah, basically at the beginning okay. of the season, randomized. Okay. All right, moving on. Another eight and four team faces another six and six team for a division, and the eight and four team has not looked particularly good, while the six and six team has looked slightly better as of late, and that is the Baltimore mm -hmm. Ravens versus. I almost said the Baltimore Browns as well, which is honestly, mm -hmm. I kind of like that a little bit better. Um, but the Cleveland Browns at six and six, um, the Ravens are coming off of a close loss to the Steelers last week. And the Browns are coming off of their bye week, hopefully getting a little bit healthier, uh, particularly in the Baker Mayfield category. Um, the Browns are two and a half point favorites. That is interesting. I did not realize they were favorites. I'm not overly mm -hmm. shocked with the way all of these lines that I'll pull from are from FanDuel. Lamar Jackson has not looked good lately. He has one touchdown in each of his last three games, uh, including missing week week 11 in Chicago. Um, he threw four interceptions against Cleveland two weeks ago, um, one against Pittsburgh last week, and then one against Miami in week 10. He has not thrown for uh, over 253 yards. Uh, it's stupid, but um, in those in that stretch of time, and he just – it looks like he's just making really bad decisions out there. That's it. Yep, that's exactly what it is. It's or at least what it looks like. That's what I was going to say when you were done talking. Was that it just looks like he is not playing smart. Like it's like stupid decisions. I okay. It sounds weird, but I feel like it's like 
Lamar Jackson, like, trying to play like a Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, these throws that, like, are not smart, are not highly probable to be completed, that somehow Patrick Mahomes can usually accomplish. It looks like Lamar Jackson's trying to pull that off, and it's just kind of not working. No, it's not. Um, The defense has been kind of on a backslide a little bit. They haven't looked particularly good, obviously losing some key pieces and he doesn't have the run game outside of basically himself. Devonta Freeman is a shell of his former self and has been fine. That's Their backfield it. average age is like 45. Yeah. And honestly, it feels like every time he throws it to Mark Andrews, it's a toss up whether or not it's going to be a touchdown yeah. or an interception, which mm-hmm. is very bizarre. Um, they lost that game on a going for a two point conversion. Was that what it was? Why can't I remember? Oh, is that the yeah, one? Where so, it, yeah, so it, yeah, so it, it was supposed to be if they kicked a field goal, it was going to go into overtime. Um, because it was a one point game. So the Ravens oh, okay. Steelers game was the score ended up being 20 to 19. Um, and they decided to let Lamar Jackson go for a two point conversion to win the game right out rather than. Um, tie it up and go to overtime. They said they were kind of just really depleted. Their defense was really depleted. They that game wore them out. They didn't think they didn't like their chances going to overtime. So they chose to let Lamar Jackson throw it. He threw it to Mark Andrews, a really quick like snap and throw. And Lamar, uh, Mark Andrews bobbled it and dropped it. And they lost. And not to a good team either. The Steelers haven't been very good. No. I mean, like, Steelers they're, have been they're... bad. You can the, say it. the Ravens are ahead in this division. It doesn't feel like they should be. Um, and I, I, yeah, I mean, I know they beat the Browns 16 to 10, like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. but I mean, I don't know if you remember that game, but like it, it was a cl- very close game. It yeah. came down to the last possession. Um, Lamar Jackson absolutely tried to lose them that game. Um, Sunday night football, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, let me look. Uh, yeah, I think it was Sunday mm-hmm. Night Football. The Browns um, are wearing like throwback uniforms. Yeah. Um, the Browns have obviously had a very up and down season. Um, some really big wins, some really tough, big losses as well. Um, Baker Mayfield has been extremely banged up, but it seems like, you know, coming off the bye, I think they're. I think they're going to be ready for this Ravens team. And I kind of expect the Browns to win it because unless Lamar Jackson can get back to being himself and trying to play within himself, as opposed to trying to win the game on every snap, I don't know how the Ravens are going to win this with Lamar actively losing them the game. Yeah. I I think the Ravens might win it. And it just comes down to the Browns game plan here. And there's, you know, a couple of ways they can beat Lamar Jackson. And if they can, like, successfully put pressure on him and stop the run, then I think that's the Browns' best chance at winning. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, this this game is going to be weird. I It's a division game. It Who really knows? I I don't, you pretty much said everything I've been thinking, so I don't have too much more to add, but I, I don't know. I have been expecting a little bit more out of Lamar Jackson and I'm really hoping he can show me a little bit more against a Browns team that really is not that great. I think the best chance the Ravens have of winning this game is Lamar Jackson trying not to win them the game, which sounds really stupid. That's smart. No, I like that. I like the way you said that. Thanks. I do something right every now and then. I know. 
That's um, smart. I like that. Thank you. Uh, people call me smart all the time. Uh, I know. I handle it really well. I'm very humble. Um, moving on, we have the nine and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, playing Tom Brady's old friend, the Buffalo Bills. For some reason, saying Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Buffalo Bills was very odd in my. F- so many bees. Yeah, and I also said Tom Brady, Buffalo Bills. Weird. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why it's tripping me up. It's like when you start saying a word so many times that you really it start to think. Like yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm going through right now, and I'm talking through it in a hope to get back to some sense of normalcy before the You're end of this You're having those days sentence. that I have every once in a while? where uh, Yeah, most of my days yeah. are them. Um, I just tend to talk through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very healthy, but the uh, the Bills are coming off of that loss that we talked about early, earlier uh, to the Patriots, not run by Tom Brady, uh, fourteen to ten, and Tampa is coming off of a huge win where Tom Brady once again just destroyed the Atlanta Falcons, thirty to seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Buffalo defense has been good most of the season. Did not look it. I think they've. They haven't looked as good, really, I feel like, since Jonathan Taylor ate them up for five touchdowns. And meanwhile, Tom Brady has been on an absolute tear all season. Um, But this holds really big and really interesting uh, repercussions for both teams. I mean, it's obviously they're in separate conferences, but it's it's really important for both of these teams – uh, going into this final stretch of the season to get a win here. Yeah. The Buccaneers are three-point favorites. Uh, the over-under for this game, I'm expecting it, it is 53.5, so high, but you have two pretty offense-heavy teams. Um, but, yeah, huge implications. The Bucks are close to clinching their spot in playoffs. The Bills are ahead of a Miami team that's on a hot streak and a Patriots team that looks like they're going to win that division and maybe even the AFC. So if the Bills can't get their mojo back, they might fall to third place in this division. So that would nix any playoff hopes that they have. As of right now, the Bills are only sitting in a wild card spot. So I, it's not, you know, it's not like sitting pretty in a wild card. No. But the Chargers... The Bengals are both seven and five as well, with the Colts right behind them at seven and six. There's a very real chance that if they lose this game, they're out of the playoffs. Yep, exactly. So I which is tough. That's why they needed that one against the Patriots, like we talked about earlier, because they were going into this game against the Bucks, and that's a tough game to be a need to win game. Yeah. Uh, especially because of Tom Brady's history with the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, he's not in the AFC East anymore, mm-hmm. but he is very familiar with those bills and he has a couple of wins against them in his 20 year dominance of that division. Um, which is just weird to think about. He's very old. Yeah. Tom Brady is a very, very old man when it comes to football. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't feel like there's as much to say in this game. Sean McDermott did not take to losing to bill Belichick again. Very well. Um, Josh Allen, has looked fine, but not like the Josh Allen that we saw last year. Um, and the offense as a whole, I mean, we've talked about it a few times. They just haven't looked like they fully understand what's going on. And the defense, which I think was holding them together earlier in the season, has just begin to begun to fall apart. Obviously, part of that is due to losing Tredavious White, their all-pro mm-hmm. cornerback. But 
I don't know how. And that's going to be the key to stopping the Bucks. Like that's it's yeah. having a uh, like um the court the cornerbacks are going to be a keystone of if the ball if the Bills win because yeah. So um they are they have so you threw me off. A there are stone. so many weapons. Well, that's my favorite. Maybe state. it was a key. Maybe it was a key. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You are you trying to say off. cornerstone? Cornerstone. There we go. I, I thought you were trying to say that, but you said Keystone. I'm like, yeah, I know. It kind of really got all mixed up. You're wearing. Like you're not state. being able to speak. Is wearing off on me. I'm coming but, at you from the Keystone State because we were in the middle of the 13 uh, colonies. So Buccaneers have so many weapons that the cornerbacks are going to need to really outperform themselves. Um, one of the stats here too is that. I, that I like is Tom Brady's passer rating uh, falls about 40 points when he's in a clean pocket versus under pressure. Tom Brady's passer rating uh, in a clean pocket is uh, 110.6 and his passer rating under pressure is 73.4. So that, that's a huge difference. Josh Allen's is about like 30 point points, difference. not 40. That, yeah. So Josh Allen's, I believe, is third. Not even 104.3 in a clean pocket and 81 under pressure. So it that's going to be a key for the bills uh is to really really pressure the tom brady and not allow him to have a clean pocket i mean that's been tom brady forever but yeah, i was gonna say we've seen that for years the best way to beat yeah. tom brady is to just hit him yeah endlessly basically. hit him that's how and then he gets upset like tom brady does get upset like you know what i mean yes, you could see him on the sidelines we know yes so then you hit him you make him not have a clean pocket he's gonna be pissed he's gonna get mad at the offensive line you gotta play mind games with them a little bit i mean they're the best team in football so you need to really play mind games with them and i don't know i i this bill's defense is what's tripping me up like the bills if you asked me a couple weeks ago i think the bills would be able to win this game but the bills defense they're not performing like lately it. no and on the, other, on the other side of things, this is important for the Bucks as well, because yeah. right now, obviously, the Cardinals are top of the NFC at 10 and two. Uh, the Packers and the mm-hmm. Bucks are both nine and three. I don't know who technically is above in the rankings right now in terms of who would be the two seed versus the three seed. But um, the Bucks want that. They want that first round by and to get the first round by nowadays, you have to coming first because only the first seed yeah. is the first seed is the only one that's going to get that first round by and the Cardinals have a, you know, they still have the Rams this week, which, you know, spoiler alert, that's the next game we're going to talk about, but yeah. the bucks are going to try and keep up with the Cardinals so they can get that one seed. And this is going to be a big game for them to stay where they want to uh, atop the NFC. Yep. Cause they're not really playing to win their division anymore. Yeah, they, they're done. It's fine. They, yeah. they, they won their division. Yep, they want that buy, and I don't blame them. But yeah, that uh, I think that pretty much sums up. What What do you think is Tampa Bay's best uh, game plan to beat the Bills? I think you just let Tom Brady sling it. Um, obviously, the Bills have had a rough couple of weeks against the run. Um, I think there's still a better run defense than they are pass defense at the moment. So I'd be trying to pass against them. Uh, the loss of Tredavious White is huge. You've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, not to mention, you know, some of the younger guys, um, not Antonio Brown, but you've got Rob Gronkowski who legitimately looks like one of the best tight ends in football right now, really which does. is crazy. Um, and honestly, Leonard Fournette is somehow becoming a pass catching weapon again. So I don't he's know no why you go away. Lenny. Uh, yeah. He's for Tutty Lenny. 
Um, I don't know why you would go Leonard away from Fournette. passing the ball. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Leonard Fournette. I don't know why you'd go away from passing the ball. Uh, you've got the GOAT. Just let him sling it. Let him win the game yeah. for you. That's what he's done all season. Just let him keep doing yeah. it. And their cornerback's banged up, so. Exactly. That's playing. All right. But, uh, On to the last game. We have the, I believe it's Monday Night Football matchup, Rams versus Cardinals. The Rams are 8-4. and four. The Cardinals are 10-2. and two. The Rams are coming off of a win against the Jags with a score of 37-17. to 17. Cardinals beat the Bears 33-22. to 22, And the Cardinals are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Yeah, um, this is huge. Uh, I mean, this is, I believe, their second time they've played. This is their second time playing. Yes. Um, and I'm remembering correctly when I thought that the Cardinals won the first time, right? Yes, yeah, so that was they became the only undefeated team left. I believe, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I mean, this is massive because again, it seem it feels like this game is probably going to decide the division because if the mm-hmm. if the Cardinals can win this one, they'll move to 11 and two. They'll have swept the Rams. Um, cause they did win 37 to 20 earlier in the season. Uh, I believe the Cardinals have, yep. They've swept the 49ers and they have beaten the Seahawks with one game remaining against the Seahawks in week 18 of the season. So if they, they beat the Rams won, here, if they beat the C- the Rams of the Seahawks, they would have won every division game. Yeah. Yeah. So they have two division games left and they can go six and own the division if you do that, you're probably going to win your division. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it really feels like if the Cardinals can win this matchup, the rest of their season isn't really that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the hardest game, they, they have the Lions, the Colts, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. Honestly, the toughest game they have coming up might be on Christmas Day against the Colts, who have the been Colts, on a yeah. bit of a hot streak to work themselves back into the playoff race and have a very good running back in Jonathan Taylor. Um, so... I mean, this is huge for the Cardinals. They can get very close to securing the one seed in the NFC if they can win this game. They'll probably lock up the division, almost for sure. And for a team that has been dealing with some injuries all season to still be 10-2, and um, that would be huge for them to get that first round by and hopefully get even more healthy going into that second round of the playoffs. Obviously, we're thinking about a month in advance right now. But mm-hmm. Kyler's been playing outstanding football when he's been active. Yeah. Um, he threw, uh, there was a crazy stat. Um, the Cardinals put up how many points last week? Uh, they put up 33 points. Kyler, meanwhile, was 11 for 15 threw for 123 yards, but passed for two touchdowns and ran for two touchdowns. Like, that's a ridiculous stat line and an insanely efficient stat line. Um, He's playing MVP-level football when he's healthy. Um, And if he can, you know, put the nail in the coffin for the Rams' chances of winning this division, then that's just going to be huge for the Cardinals moving forward, and it's going to be a massive spike in just confidence for this young and slightly, you know, less experienced team when it comes to the playoffs as compared to the Rams who have been to the Super Bowl in the past couple of years. Yeah, and I think one of my favorite stats from PFF this week uh, for this for our game previews was that Matt Stafford's turnover-worthy percent plays is 3.12 to Kyler Murray's 1.52, so it's nearly double. 
Um, I think that's going to play a huge factor. I think this is just going to be a huge offense game. Um, you have two top 10 ranked power ranked offenses um, or power ranked teams. And so that's the Rams being ninth and the Cardinals being fourth. And for offense, they're 12th and seventh respectively. So yeah, I think this is probably just going to be a, a big offense game. I think for the Rams, it comes down to trusting that, you know, front five, whatever it is front. Yeah. So I think for them, it's going to be pressuring Kyler Murray, but also keeping him contained. Right. Because you, I, I think that's even bigger than the pressure is that keeping Kyler Murray contained is to stop him from having these runs, having these rushing touchdowns, especially um, forcing him to throw. And I'm not saying he's a bad thrower. I'm just saying he is really good on the run and he can evade tackles like no one's business. So, I mean, I he's been an incredible passer this season. So he has a hundred percent, but I still think that you might stop some, a little bit more scoring, especially in the red zone, at least keeping Kyler Murray contained a lot in the red zone. Um, I think would probably be my gate, my, my, one of my big focuses. Yeah. And the Rams, honestly, they need this. They need us to oh, get yeah. back on, get back on schedule. The last uh, five weeks have been rough to them. Uh, four weeks, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. They did win against the Jaguars last week in big fashion. Mm-hmm. Not too surprising, but leading up to that, there was a three-game skid, uh, losing to the Packers uh, in prime time in kind of just embarrassing fashion. It never really felt like they were in that game, nope. even though it was a 36-28 to 28 final score, getting destroyed by the Ram, or getting destroyed by the Niners, 31-10, to 10, and then losing to the Titans, 28-16, to 16, an undermanned Titans team. Uh, mm-hmm. If I'm remembering correctly, that was one of the first weeks without Derrick Henry. Yeah. And it might have even been without Julio and A.J. Brown as well. But I think A.J. Brown was there. I don't think Julio I think was. you're right. Um, but yeah, this, this Rams team needs to figure out their stuff. Matt Stafford needs to get back on track to doing what he was doing earlier in the season. It seems like It sounds like he's a little bit banged up, but they need him if they're going to compete. The offense has not been the same without Robert Woods, unfortunately. Uh, Daryl Henderson remains a little bit banged up. He didn't play much last week with Sony Michelle uh, carrying the majority of the load on the offensive uh, side of the ball, running it. And I think they really just need to hope they can get Odell Beckham going because they need that secondary weapon on offense outside of Cooper Cup to take some of the pressure off of Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup and that connection. Tyler Higby uh, is no Robert Woods. That is that is very true. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. is probably their best bet at replacing that production, and so far, he's been fine. He's still working his way into the offense, and I think we're kind of kind of finally seeing how important Robert Woods was to that offensive game plan on a weekly basis, even when he wasn't uh, putting up the numbers that Cooper Cup was this season. Yeah, definitely. The Rams talk a lot about they love to run three and four wide um and that just hasn't been working since robert woods left it opened up their it opened up the field more um it allowed for multiple threats you allowed cooper cup in the slot you had robert woods deep you you know so they they were able to expand the field and and push downfield um and like i said tyler higby has not been looking great so He's had a couple of drop passes, that really bad one against San Francisco that led to a turnover. Um, So I think I think you're right. I think getting OBJ highly involved and kind of trying to take over for Robert Woods, maybe forcing him a little bit. It also helps open up the coverage. Cooper Cup since Robert Woods has been out has been in double coverage 
so much. So that's not going to help. You're going to have no weapons. Matt Stafford's going to try and force those throws, which is why his uh, turnover percent of percent of worthy. What am I trying to say? The word the plays, turnover worthy percent percent. Yes, there we go. Uh, play passes, plays, whatever it is. I could. That's hard. You to threw say. me off. I I would have right? been fine, but then Very I was trying to piece to together what you were saying. That's why that number has gone up. Um. So yeah, and I I think this Matt Stafford has not looked the best either. Matt, no, like yeah. Matt Stafford looked great at the beginning of the season. He looked like he was playing MVP worthy football. And the last that stretch of games you were just mentioning, he has not looked good at all. No, he hasn't. Um, and the Rams aren't going to win games if he's not looking good. No. There's a reason that they viewed him as an upgrade over Jared Goff, and there's a reason yep. that in the beginning of the season they looked like the best team in football. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that does it for our uh, Week 14 preview, the games that we're most looking forward to, the ones that we think are going to have huge implications for the season going forward and especially for that playoff push in these last four weeks, I guess. Wow. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, or I guess five weeks. Um, but that is where we're at. Um, Ashley, any parting knowledge, advice, facts, life lessons? Um, wow, you're putting me on the spot. Anything? (laughs) Life lessons? I don't know. I really don't have any. (laughs) That's really good. I, I, I'm, I think that the... Just wing it. Fake it till you make it. That's, that's not it. That's... Why? That's, I think that's, that's a good one. Not it. Um, I do have a fun fact here that I'm trying okay. to find. Uh, so Sunday was the sixth time that Nick Sirianni's Eagles offense has scored 30 or more points this season. Pretty impressive. What's more impressive mm-hmm. is that is five more times than the Giants have scored 30 points in the past two years. Yes, it is. 100%. So. That's how I'm going to end could, this. My name's good. Michael. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MPDuncan75. I do Under the Wire on the Fantasy Football Chat Discord every Sunday morning from 11 to 1 Eastern Standard Time, uh, where me and Kyle Larson go through Fantasy Football Start Sits, preview some of the games for your fantasy teams, and you can also find me producing the Undrafted Podcast hosted by at Dino Game Theory, Jax Falcone on Twitter. Uh, yeah, on Ashley. last episode. I was on the last episode, and I also produced it. I'm a madman. Ashley, where can they find you? You can find me at Ashley underscore Marie with two A's at the beginning of Ashley. Um, All of my content was with the Undroppables, so you could find some of my content on their website. Uh, That's about it. You could oh the Undroppables on Twitter. It's at the Undro on TikTok at the Undroppables. That's one of my favorite content that I put out. uh, Other than this. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. If you want to interact with me, Twitter is the best place. I dropped my phone. Um, but that yeah, was that's a loud one. <laughs> that was really loud. It dropped on the table. But uh, yeah, that's about it. I think you guys, uh, you can find both of us here every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live on Twitter, on YouTube. Um, I believe that's the only two places, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, perfect. Um, and uh, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. Um, That's about it. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us on another Wednesday night. We look forward to seeing you guys next week, putting out some more content this week. And uh, that's about it. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful night. Bye.